My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. On leaving the synagogue, Jesus entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Simon's mother-in-law lay sick with a fever. They immediately told him about her. He approached, grasped her hand, and helped her up. Then the fever left her, and she waited on them. When it was evening after sunset, they brought to him all who were ill or possessed by demons. The whole town was gathered at the door. He cured many of those who were sick with various diseases, and he drove out many demons, not permitting them to speak because they knew him. Rising very early before dawn, he left and went off to a deserted place where he prayed. Simon and those who were with him pursued him, and on finding him said, Everyone is looking for you. He told them, Let us go on to the nearby villages where I may preach there also. For this purpose have I come. So he went into their synagogues preaching and driving out demons throughout the whole region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. I think of the 4,000 emails that currently sit in my inbox, that there's less than a handful that have been intentionally saved for over years, including this one that I got over 12 years ago. It went off, hey, Father Jim. So on Friday, I was having lunch with a friend and I was feeling miserable, and she told me I should let you and the Newman Center know. I usually worry when an email would start out like that. But she continued, a few years ago when I was still a student, I participated in the drive that the Newman Center was doing to have individuals sign up to be a part of the bone marrow registry. I had completely forgotten about it until this representative from the New York Blood Center called me back in October, letting me know that I was a potential match for one of their patients and wanting to know if I was still willing to donate. I said sure and started the process, which by the way is pretty long between further testing to make sure that you are a, a perfect match and then health testing to make sure that you're healthy enough to donate. Well, Friday morning I started the last step, which has been getting injections every day for five days prior to donating to try to get the white blood cells in your body up, which the side effects make you feel pretty miserable, which is where my statement comes from above, I'm not actually miserable and I will officially be donating tomorrow. She continued on, she said, in talking, we wondered how many people who do match let you all know that your drive did lead to a match, if any at all. So I wanted to formally let you and the Newman Center know that at least one match was made, and I'm gonna donate tomorrow, and hopefully a year from now, if all is successful, I will get to meet the recipient. It's been a truly wonderful experience for me. Everyone involved in this process has been extremely kind 
and I'm really grateful for this opportunity. I wanted to really just say thank you for providing this opportunity to me and so many others. While reading this and seeing that something that our campus ministry has done has been instrumental in helping others in such a significant way is just awesome in and of itself, but there was a whole other part of the story that this young lady didn't even realize that made me just marvel at how God continues to work miracles through all of us. And that part of the story was that about 14 years ago, my goddaughter at the age of nine months old had been diagnosed with leukemia. After going through and suffering the the devastating effects of chemotherapy, which were unsuccessful in controlling the cancer, the doctors had said to her family that the best shot was for her to have a bone marrow transplant. When someone you love is sick, you will do anything, anything to help them. And so, of course, our, our whole family was tested, hoping that we could be a match. But adding more devastating news to already devastating news, none of us were. And so the doctors began this worldwide search to see if they could find a potential donor. And thank God, which I do every day, they were able to find this woman who I believe is from Eastern Europe, who was a match, underwent the procedure, and was key in saving my niece's life. Some people, when they hear stories like that, there's a part of them that's extremely skeptical. They might dismiss it being a miracle, thinking it was just good luck. It's hard for some people to see God's hand and to appreciate the healing, especially when we see others who are still suffering or even wondering, well, the miracle wouldn't have been necessary if people didn't get sick in the first place. The reality is that we're still in this spiritual battle of good versus evil. There are still awful things that can unravel us, cause us to wonder, where is God in all this? There's no question that Jesus has already won this war against evil, dealing a definitive blow to the devil with his resurrection from the dead. But for you and I, who are, are still enduring these ongoing battles, we need to make our choice whether we are truly going to follow Jesus Christ or not, whether we see him as our hope in this life and for all eternity. Which is why these, these healing stories that we hear in the gospel are so important, they're so powerful to us. In today's gospel, we hear of miraculous healings, including one about St. Peter's mother-in-law, and yes, the first pope was married, who was suffering with this fever and you got to realize that back then, a fever was a big deal. It wasn't like pop two Advil or get an antibiotic and you'll be fine in a few hours. This could have been extremely deadly. More than likely, she had heard about Jesus from Peter, but in her hour of need, Jesus goes to her. He grabs her by the hand, and instantly she recovers. And not just the fever goes away, she's rejuvenated, she's transformed, she gets up and she makes dinner for them. 2,000 years later, we still remember this miraculous story. And almost very matter-of-factly, St. Mark just mentions that this day sets off a whole number of people who come for Jesus' healing. People are healed of their illnesses, of diseases, and more casting out of demons. 
But think about it. The fact remains that St. Peter's mother-in-law and everyone else who encountered Jesus that day, they eventually died. Eventually there was a fever or some other illness that must have come along that there wasn't a miracle experience. But aside from this day and this moment when that cure was experienced, what made it so memorable was that from that day on, St. Peter's mother-in-law and everyone else who had experienced healing, they knew who to trust. They knew who to follow. They no longer had to fear sickness or even death. They knew deep in their hearts from their own experience that we have a Heavenly Father who looks at us as His beloved children, that He sent His Son, Jesus, to destroy evil. The main reason for the miracle wasn't the miracle itself. It was meant to proclaim this good news, that in Jesus Christ, the world has been made new. When I got that email about that bone marrow donor, I was just overwhelmed to see how one of the most terrifying things that my family had faced, my niece's battle with leukemia, years later could still bring about so many unexpected blessings. That what to me was a miracle that she experienced has multiplied countless times over. That this story could have affected me so deeply that when the students at the Newman Center at Montclair learned about it, that would touch their hearts and motivate them to start working so hard to make a bone marrow drive a reality on our campus for years in a row now. And now other student groups have, have taken it over and it still continues on an annual basis. That this would bring together two complete strangers into another life-changing, hope-filled experience where another potential miracle is unfolding. That's not just luck. That's not just a coincidence. Not by a long shot. It's just another beautifully creative wonder of our ever-surprising, glorious God who invites us to be a part of his story, to seek him in the midst of our illnesses and our moments of horror, and to trust that whether there's a miraculous healing, like a fever leaving with a touch, or through the selflessness displayed through generosity of loving people, God continues to move with and through in each of us, if we allow him to. Today, this gospel reminds us to be attentive of the many blessings, the miracles that we experience and that we can bring to others, knowing that when we do, our faith in the one who comes to save us is renewed and proclaimed anew in our day and age.